Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Today's episode is a solo one. I thoroughly enjoy the interviews that I get to do. It is just amazing and transformative to be able to access so many people from anywhere on the globe. It is just a blessing to be able to do that and to hear their stories and their triumphs and their tragedies and how they made it through because we end up realizing, which is kind of the point of Phoenix and Flame anyway, that we're all kind of the same in a way, that we all have suffering and we're all trying to overcome it. And our stories might be different, but a lot of the themes are the same. I remember realizing this years into doing psychotherapy, how we all are so much more alike than we are different. And I wanted the interviews and the stories represented in the interviews to help us to understand that and to feel connected to one another. But every once in a while, something strikes me and I just decide to do a solo episode, which I used to do all the time before I started doing interviews. And so I put together a little solo episode for today. And before I start, I wanted to say that the the solo episodes are more in real time because I tend to launch those pretty quickly after I record them versus the interviews, which sometimes are uh, launched two months after the actual recording. And right now is a very exciting time for me and for Phoenix and Flame and for the boundaries courses that I'm going to be building because I've got some fantastic people that are working with me. I've already gone through the rebranding process and I've got just a wonderful group that's working with me on updating and remodeling and refashioning my websites and URLs and social media and all this kind of stuff, (laughs) all of which I needed, by the way. It's just a whole leveling up process. And so I'm excited about that. It's been frustrating and hard and maddening and exciting all at the same time. But coming up in January, I should have a wonderful upgraded website that will have a boundaries quiz that people can take to figure out, you know, do they have a boundary issue? And then also courses where people can sign up for wait lists to be included in my boundaries courses, which will probably be approximately seven weeks long. There'll be 14 modules Each week you'll be, or whoever the participants are, will be watching and listening to two modules that I'm doing, that I'm recording with homework assignments, exercises included in that as well. And then we'll be meeting once a week through Zoom in a group that I think I've capped it at about eight so that we can have just enough where we can talk with one another and kind of benefit from each other's experience through this. 
and I can help each person address problem areas as they've tried to do their exercises and maybe ran into some problems or didn't understand how to do it. And we'll be able to talk all that through. So that is coming. Um, And there'll be other things after that, but it's just a really exciting time. But today I am going to do an episode on one of my favorite stories from the Bible. This particular story involves Peter. And I'm telling you, Peter was my favorite disciple. He was blunt and impetuous and brash and impulsive. I mean, I imagine he probably cussed like the fisherman that he was. I just love people like that because you always know where you stand. The Peters of this world do not suffer in silence. (laughs) So let's just go ahead and let me read the story. If you want to look it up, you're welcome. It's in Matthew, actually represented several places, but I'm reading it from Matthew chapter 14. It begins in verse 22. Now, if you follow the scripture through, they just got finished feeding the 5,000. And that's another, a whole other amazing story that I'm not going to get into all that. But there was a bunch of crowd around. And I say that so you understand this first verse. So I'm just going to start reading in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, They were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, He was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. So, As I've shared before, I am a psychotherapist, and sometimes during therapy, it's just as important to notice what the patients are not saying or doing as it is to notice what they are. So I got to thinking about this story, and I began to wonder. At this point, you see, the disciples had already seen Jesus perform several miracles, and had listened to him teach multiple crowds of people. So 
why weren't they jumping out with Peter? I'm also wondering, at the phase of life that you're in right now, do you find yourself resonating more with Peter or with one of the other disciples? Now, they all saw him walking on the water, but thought he was a ghost. So why did Peter see Jesus and the other disciples see a ghost? Things that make you go, hmm. (laughs) To quote from the Santa Claus 2 movie, which I love those movies, by the way. And since today is the last day of November, I'm going to be digging them out again and watching them. I think I've seen them probably 55 times. (laughs) But to quote from the Santa Claus 2 movie, Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. But it's hard to believe, isn't it? What if instead of being dominated by fear and being transfixed by scary waves, we just hopped out of that boat with utter focus on God and confidence and walking on the water? Why does that sound like crazy talk? Why shouldn't clinging to a wave-battered boat in the middle of the night instead of running to the one who controls the water be the crazy thing to do? Because walking on water is not in our wheelhouse. And what if Jesus is not who he says he is? What if it's a trick? I mean, watching him perform miracles from the safety of the sidelines is way different than hopping out of a wave-tossed boat at zero dark 30 in the morning. Sort of like the commitment difference between a chicken and a pig. The chicken gives an egg and her life stays the same. The pig gives ham and bacon and sacrifices his life to do so. But what if Jesus is who he says he is? He didn't seem to think walking on water was any big thing. So what is walking on water anyway? It's believing that we can do something through God's power that we have no way of doing on our own. What if walking on water became such a frequent experience that it didn't even seem like water anymore, but blue marble? What if our faith in God grew so intense that we not only were walking on the water, but jumping, skating, and doing cartwheels instead of huddling in the boat like wet, terrified puppies. So why were the rest of the disciples trembling with fear, refusing to release their white-knuckled grip on the boat? It was hard to believe Jesus was who he claimed to be. Much easier to say they believed his claims of being the Son of God than to jump out of that boat 
Peter literally put his life on the line. If Jesus was not who he had claimed to be, then Peter would have quickly drowned in the dark waves. Jesus later says of Peter, quote, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That scripture is in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, if you want to look it up. Why are we scared to dislodge ourselves from the boat, trust God, and jump overboard? Well, first of all, that sounds ludicrous. We don't understand how that works. And faith requires believing in something that we don't know. Because for Peter to continue walking on the water required him to keep his focus on God and not be distracted by the scary, loud waves. So what are the scary, loud waves in your life? Are you going through a divorce? Have you been battling for custody of your children? Is your job in jeopardy? Have you lost someone you love? Do you feel you don't measure up to others' expectations or your own? Are you being abused by a spouse or a relative? Are you in a tap dance trying to please everyone around you? So how has focusing on the waves helped you? Do you still feel like you're drowning? According to this account of Jesus' life, focusing on him rather than on all the scary waves will help you to do what you think you cannot do. So, what does focusing on Jesus mean? How does that work? What does that look like? So I got to thinking about that, and I came up with a few ideas. Number one, read scripture to learn for yourself what it says about Jesus. Find out, who is this Jesus Christ character? What does it say? Read about the Bible itself, if you have some questions about that. What's this Bible business? Start collecting information. Number two, find a church or maybe a Bible study being led in someone's home so that you can connect with others and ask questions that you might have. And you will have questions. (laughs) Number three, Set aside some time each day to pray and pull your focus back to Jesus and the promises that he made. Number four, now as a psychotherapist, I'm going to say possibly seek out therapy if there are traumas that you need to acknowledge and process or coping skills that you need to learn. God frequently works through people, to help us on our path. I've been on both sides of that experience many times. And number five, 
Develop a stubborn streak, if you don't already have one, and decide that you are not going to give whatever is in those waves any more of your prime mental real estate rent-free. So whenever those waves get really loud and you start seeing them in your peripheral vision, stubbornly pull your focus back to Christ by quoting scripture, singing a song, praying, or maybe calling a friend. And keep walking. Lather, rinse, repeat. (laughs) Before you know it, you will have walked several feet on the water. I mean, who knows? You may eventually reach a point where the water and the waves are all secondary to Christ's pull on your life. So I'm going to leave you with one scripture. It's in Revelations, which if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's the very last book. Just flip to the way back. Revelations chapter 1, verse 8 says this. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I hope you've heard something today that has touched you in some kind of way, or at least gave you something to think about, something to ponder. Keep thinking. Keep wondering. Keep reaching out. Ask questions. Do research. Dig in. Pray. Maybe you think you know a friend or a family member or a coworker that might could benefit from hearing this episode. If that's the case, then copy and paste the link of this episode in in a text or an email. Post it on your favorite social media sites. Let's just grow and grow and grow our Phoenix and Flame community. I hope you have had a wonderful day, and I hope the rest of your day goes great. I'm Dana on Phoenix and Flame.